back with a new episode of Real in the Field, and uh, we're back. Yeah, let's do it. Times are changing. The season's changing. Uh, you got guys that are in college going to the NFL for the first time, discovering what that's like. You got high school players going into college for the first time and seeing that big transition. I mean, there's a big jump going from those levels, whether you're going from high school to uh, t- to college or if you're going from uh, college to NFL it's a big kind of change For sure. and you did that you did that change when you're out in NAU I did I did the uh, high school JUCO then uh, jumped to the uh, college level and yeah it's eye-opening experience yeah. you think so, you know what's going on and then you realize you don't know you don't know, <laughs> don't know anything. anything. Yeah, exactly. And it's a big difference, uh, I would assume, because you go from a high school football player who is uh, going to school during the day, uh, in the you know right after school you're going and playing some football and you know get hitting the weight room things like that, uh, and then once you're done you cut out going back home and just kind of calling it. It's different when you're right. in a institutionalized. Yeah program <laughs> yeah what sure. is it what is it like so you've done that you've gone to a uh, a college where you know that's the main focus your you being there is because you're a football player what is it like day-to-day going from uh, juco and the kind of change of pace now into uh, a college yeah so all these all these guys are experiencing some some form of a camp okay right nfl guys are going through it right we're gonna watch the rams right Right, so all the colleges and even high school level going through some some camp stuff, right? The, that build up to season. Yeah. So getting into pads, two days, just that grind, and it's that last push. Yeah. Before the season starts, and so at the college level, I mean, for me, it's been, I mean, roughly almost fifteen years now. Yeah. Um, and I think before my time, it was harder. And I think since my time, it's gotten probably a little, a little easier for guys. They've kind of dialed it back a little bit. Oh, right? so you we, mean in we, terms we of we still had two a days. We still had, um, gosh, I think one of my years we had like a, a three, a couple threes oh, wow. a days in there. So what's the the change or why why dial it back a little bit? I mean, are you seeing like there's not a lot of, uh, you're not getting a lot of return on pushing guys that hard i don't know i think it's just people are soft these days i was gonna say it's just society (laughs) and just things evolving and changing and trying to be efficient and i think with technology film and um yeah just everything i guess it's just different yeah um so my time it was uh wake up and you had to be at breakfast in the cafeteria at a certain time and then after breakfast, well, what's a what's a typical college NAU breakfast look like? What uh, are they serving? <laughs> well, you would go to the Du Bois Center, and it was like, and everyone would eat together, and it was pretty much anything you wanted. Like yeah. if you wanted pancakes, like whatever. But a lot of guys ate light in the morning, and then um, after that, you would have a a meeting, yeah, with your either position group or a special teams type meeting. And then practice, yeah. and then after practice, you go to lunch. Right back to the the same place, you go to lunch. <laughs> well, hold on, but you gloss over practice because practice oh. is. I mean, what are we talking like? Oh, it's like a two 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 and a half hour practice. Two and a half hours yeah. of. Are you with your position coach doing practice? Yeah, so you're practicing. Um, yeah, it's, so you got some special teams periods in the beginning. 
um, and then offense, defense separate. Yeah. And then you do a little team action, do some inside run and just yeah. things like that. A little bit of crossover. And then, but now everyone's in pads. And so now it's like, now you're starting to get cranked up a little yeah, bit. Right? A little preparation. Yeah, exactly. And just get your body ready for that. Yeah. Like just the hitting and stuff like that. And then, so that's practice. And then you head off to lunch. Then after lunch, you go to more meetings. Yeah. And then after those meetings, either treatment or we would have practice again or some type of lifting, yeah. conditioning type stuff. And then meetings. And then you would have dinner. Yeah. All as a team. All like, yeah. You couldn't miss anything. And then <laughs> after that, and then it was either you finish with one more meeting of like maybe a whole defensive meeting. Yeah. And then you're out of here go home go to bed see what, you at, <laughs> see you at 7 a.m in the morning so what time what time would you guys cut out i mean at uh, last meeting and uh, are, probably anywhere between 9 and 10 p.m yes oh wow that's a full day oh that no like, and and that's and it's like every day yeah it's every day for like two weeks and it's yeah that's pretty intense yeah. i mean you have to you think about it. yeah you're you're you got new guys coming in guys are learning the playbook guys are learning their position uh learning what this defense is going to run or offense is going to run yeah. how where you need to be the position you need to be in and then aside from that it's conditioning and getting yourself ready to to do what you need to do on the field yeah it is a institutional like it's an institution it, it's it, like you're there to play oh, football yeah it's structured beyond yeah. belief of like you are accounted for every minute of your day is accounted for yeah every like like everyone knows where you need to be right like yeah hey you need to be in the training room right now why are you like why are you not in the <laughs> training room right or it's hey i know the linebackers have a meeting right now why aren't you yeah like, why aren't you there and how likely are i mean do guys like stick around do they they like no i mean not much like we would have like a little bit of downtime in between right so uh breakfast practice lunch and then there's like maybe an hour of downtime yeah two if you're lucky before you got to go back for your next meeting and practice and all that <laughs> stuff and we would i mean we'd go back to the apartment and like play darts yeah or you would take a nap and i was gonna and say set, at set, that set, point like, every phone alarm right next to you so you wouldn't so you wouldn't miss it but everybody was yeah everyone was like on top of it and everyone everyone knew what everyone was going through yeah and so it wasn't just our sport like girls soccer was doing it oh um, yeah like girls volleyball was doing it so like Everyone's you would see it. them like like ships passing in the night like you would yeah. see them like oh yeah they're headed to practice oh yeah like they got to go lift and we're and then we're heading in and yeah. it's like so everyone's on the same page of like well that i mean it's really interesting because it's it's something that everybody a lot of those like if you're an athlete if you're playing uh you know college ball and any whatever ball that yeah. is like you you know you you've come out of that and you know that experience what do you like when you look back on those experiences like what do you take from it what do you think about those do you think about the hard times because that's just the the small you know window of what we're talking about now, which is leading into, uh, you know, going into the season. It's a tough part. It's a grueling part. But do you look at it like with uh, like remembering it being that tough? Yeah. Yes and no. Yeah. Like it was it was tough because you were just like, oh, man, like I'm so tired. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm beat up. I'm like, God, like how much 
like how many more meetings do we have to have? <laughs> like I get it, I know what I'm doing. I'm right. Like, but there's that. But then there's that. Um, but at the same time, you're like kind of growing as a team. Yeah. You don't even realize you're doing it, but yeah. you're growing as a team, and you're yeah. kind of like, yeah, I kind of like that guy. Like I've never talked to that guy before. Yeah, we got to eat next to each other, and you're like, that guy's kind of cool. Like I kind of dig him a little yeah. bit. And so just that growth, and then you start getting angry with the other side of the ball yeah because you're just like i haven't slept in a couple of days <laughs> <And you're> like, <laughs> you know screw that dude <laughs> like but um but no it's good and it dude and right now everyone's doing it yeah and the pro dudes are doing it yeah and they're they're getting their bonds getting ready for preseason and they're getting ready to rock dude college football is getting ready to roll yeah. like dude and, and even high school football like we're getting ready like it's yeah every at every yeah. level everyone's doing a version of yes, this exactly. of this immersion into the sport into the playbook into uh getting your body prepared for it because yeah. if you were to compare like what you do uh getting prepared for the season uh, compare it to like when you're in the season i mean how different is it like let's just say weight room wise and learning the playbook wise like how much studying is done before the season and then kind of during yeah so before you're learning your own playbook yeah and then the week of whoever you're playing you're learning their playbook like oh, at that yeah. point like if you don't know your stuff you're not even yeah you're not gonna be on the field like it's yeah you're not, like, you're not gonna be in a position yeah to have you're, to not, learn these you're guys not even things. getting the scouting report for the other guys like don't worry about it but once you get that scouting report and then you got to you got to deep dive into them and watch film on your own. Yeah. Um, you know, in between classes, like in between classes, I'm going to I'm going to grab some food over here and then yeah. I'm going to have to the to the room and I'm going to watch film on those guys. And I'm going to I'm going to go through my scouting report like, OK, I'm going to watch this cat like yeah. he likes doing this. He likes doing that. Like, yeah. And so just pick up his tendencies. Exactly. And and do you get in what you or you get out what you put in. So if, yeah. you, if you are a student of the game, and all those NFL guys are, and that's all they're doing. They're yeah. learning their craft, and they're, and then when it's time, yeah. like you got to learn that other dude what he's doing. To react. So that, yeah. that in that moment, that reaction is like you cut down the amount of time yeah. in between where you're thinking and doing. Yeah, and then weight room-wise, room you're kind of, I mean, you're still building strength and you're still pushing yourself. Uh, a lot of maintenance stuff. Um, but yeah, you don't want to take your foot like completely off the gas. Like yeah. you're still like, you're still lifting hard and you're still getting after it kind of just, I've always thought of the, the weight room during the season is like the game, right? You get all these chinks in your armor and yeah. you're just like getting beat up. And then during the week, you're like putting the armor back on. You're oh, lifting. Yeah, it's good. Right? You're practicing. It. You're like putting the armor back on. Yeah. Welding it all back together. And you're like, all right, <laughs> new week. And then you know, and then you just rinse yeah. and repeat and you rinse do it over repeat. and over again. Yeah. So it's a way to just to kind of rebuild your armor so that when you go into the next week you're not you're not banged up and yeah. you you've re, you've fortified your your body so that And every week's different, right? It's like, oh my my shoulders hurt me this week. My you know, got my, my collarbone yeah. the next week or whatever. And just like, but dude, then it's gone. And then you're like, all right, <laughs> next, what's up next? next? It's like off to the next, like, yeah. But dude, all the, all those guys are going through it right yeah, now. Everyone's and going, it's, it's, it's a, just like, it's a good, it's a good, uh, test and it's to get you ready. Yeah. And then, but like, seriously, once pads get on your body, never 
will feel the same yeah until probably two or three weeks after the season after yeah right yeah. you've done it like, i mean yeah you don't you, you do. don't you don't it's feel good it's you a different don't game good. like you you are never a hundred percent yeah ever no, you will play through pain like throughout your entire. I mean, it feels like yeah. You, uh, I mean, this is just strictly speaking on a high school level. Like you will never be right. You're, there's always some kind of like thing that just Element, feels off. Something, yes. You know, tweaked ankle, a like shoulder, uh, a muscle, a pec muscle, something like. There's always something. The gauge of the new hundred percent, or like, hey, do you feel a hundred percent? The gauge went from like the normal <laughs> yeah. hundred. You're like, yeah, I guess it's like right <laughs> yeah. around here now. But you you figure that part out, yeah. and I think that's what's great about um, about camp, about football. Yeah. It's a little bit of that test of like, yeah, man, like I like I, pain. yeah, I got a little more. Yeah, I got a little more. I can do it. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's interesting because uh, you know, like you said, everyone's going through it right now, and it's you know, you, if you go on social media, you go on uh, you know Instagram, whatever, you could see the the camps, you could see um, yeah. the the veterans coming back, you could see, see the, the high school yeah. kids, yeah, you see the, uh, uh, everyone coming back, you see uh, high school kids getting into their like they're discovering college football, and you're going from a college or a high school you know high school team where like we had talked about uh once you're done for the day you check out you're going back home and it's like you do what you want yeah. whereas like now like you just said your time is accounted for minute by minute all throughout the day and when you get home not a lot of time to do any kind of grab ass you're yeah. just like in bed sleeping getting ready to get up the next morning yeah. and back at it and because this is these programs are i mean they they this is their kind of bread and butter for a lot of programs for a lot of colleges throughout the country football is the top producing oh, uh top producing sport you're yeah. not going to get the amount of eyeballs and the amount of like you know uh you know uh, ticket sales that you are going to get with football SC, the Coliseum is filled up every Saturday uh, with, you know, close to 90,000 fans there to see SC football. And same thing, there's a lot of eyeballs watching it. So those athletes have to be on their top game and they are looked at as, um, you know, like an asset to the team and they get kind of treated like that. So it's right now is when all of this is going on. Yeah. And the, do the coaches, I mean, I know myself and you know my brother and our other coaches like do we prepare camp in those lead up of the the couple weeks and like kind of gearing and trying to peak like yeah. and get yourself ready to go but yeah. like it's hard and every year is a little bit different because you might have you know a guy dinged up here a guy dinged up there and you're kind of like yeah. yeah but we got to power through it like we can do this like every coach has to make those decisions during camp yeah and you know put their finger on the pulse of like what their team is like yeah and that goes from pro to whatever yeah and they gotta like figure out okay like let's dial it back today yeah everyone just helmets or everyone like no we're going full pads yeah we're being soft we need to do this <laughs> like, you know what i mean and and you need to make those decisions yeah and and you roll with it and you but that's what makes it like it's a big chess game, right? Because you a have to bit. move your pieces in certain ways in order to, you know, have the advantage. To be advantageous, you need to put, play your pieces pr right. Yeah. Here's this piece that you can move here, 
And if you do it, it can kind of set you up for some success later on. Uh, but that's what makes this game so interesting. That's what makes all of this, because right now is the time that you guys are game planning and setting pieces, yeah. right, for the upcoming season and mentality, developing ment like the mentality of these guys, developing their, their bodies and their like strength, their conditioning, their speed, all of that. There's so many elements to this game that you need to work on. And it's like you have a finite amount of time to do it. You have a finite amount of, uh, you know, energy and what yeah. you can get out of these guys. You know what I mean? Like if you were going to push them, push them, push them at a certain point, you're, you're going to break them, right? I mean, quite physically, will injure them if you push push yeah. them too too hard, too far. To, too far. But where's the line? Where's the line? That's and it. that's like the beauty in that's what you the, guys yeah, do is like finding that line. <laughs> I know in training and in like in the mentality part of it. Oh man, I think that's why you know I love this sport so much, and and why every year it, it's so different. And you can go through the same, you know, not the same schedule, but the same kind of you know. We know what we're going to get next year when it comes to uh, like with El Medina's uh, football season. We know. Who we're gonna get? We know league play. We know like yeah. what's a, like what's gonna, you know, more or less kind of how uh, the what it's gonna look like in terms of like opponents and things like that. But every day, like it can go a million different ways yeah. every day, yeah. and it starts right now. You know, know what I mean? I know. I'm just, you're telling me. <laughs> I know. I know. In the middle of it. Um, but yeah, dude. No, I I agree. It's what makes it really cool. That's why the pro guys make a bunch of money. That's why the the college guys make a butt ton of money because yeah. they can get those guys and try to get them to peak and get them ready and get them uh, just ready to perform. Yeah, and it's just, getting dialed in. Yeah, it's awesome. Getting dialed in for the season. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're coming close to it. It's, uh, I mean, dude, before you know it, we're going to be, yeah. preseason is going to be here. Uh, you guys got passing league games uh, coming up. You guys have, uh, uh, you know, a lot of stuff like scheduled uh, upcoming. Dude, before you know it, it's going to be here. Thursday Bad, night, Friday night. It's like, yeah, dude, it's there. <laughs> and it's great, dude, and it's exciting because then it means football's back and, you know, the college games are going to start rolling. The NFL games, you got Monday. Yeah. Dude, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, like, it's on. Oh, dude, they're all, yeah, yeah they're all taken up. At this point, there's there's less uh, there's I don't even know if there's a day that there is no football. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> at true. this point, that's true. That's true. you know, you got some yeah. uh, uh, subdivision team that's playing on a Wednesday night or something. Yeah, the Mac baby, the, <laughs> the Mac, Mac is that's it, that's it. Northern <laughs> Illinois and Toledo playing. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude. All right. Well, it's gonna be a fun season. Looking forward yep. to all of it. Uh, but we're gonna take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back after this. This episode is brought to you by Cigar Spots of Orange. Cigar Spots is located in the Circle of Orange. They have all the top brands of cigars and accessories, including my favorite, the Tatuaje Black Label. What yeah. are you going with? That's a good cigar. I'm going with the Padron 1964. That's a hard cigar to come by. All you cigar lovers know how hard it is to get that cigar. Uh, but they also do home delivery. You can actually place the order online and have it delivered to your home if you live within the Orange County area. Or you can go and pick it up in store. You can order online, uh, go to the store and pick it up. I did that recently when we were going out to dinner, needed to get a cigar on the way out, picked it up in store, and uh, I was off. 
when you were online, did you enter a promo code by chance? Oh, yeah. Put in that promo code, Tony Joe. Got myself 20% off there. So visit cigarspots.com. And like Joe said, enter that promo code, Tony Joe, to get yourself that 20% discount. All right, and we are back. All right, Jay Mitch, what do we got this week? All right, we're going to go with a little quiz. Okay. It's going to be NFL nicknames. Okay, okay, nicknames. So at home, you guys need to play along. All right. Okay, NFL nicknames, we're going to go teams, units, okay, people, uh, stadiums, fans, and a couple uh, more people. Oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> okay, teams, here we go. Uh, the Aints. The Aints. Those are uh, the New Orleans Aints. Right. Which are the... the New Orleans Saints. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> New Orleans Saints. Okay, America's team. Oh, those are the Cowboys. Ugh. Yeah. Wait, who who christened them America's team? I didn't sign up for this. That's a great... I, I mean, probably during the Troy Aikman era, it probably happened, right? I, I don't I know when assume. it happened. I don't know what year uh, everyone just collectively decided... Or I don't know who who was the person in charge that just decided that America's team was whoever be. whoever was did a great job <laughs> yeah because it because it stuck oh dude their PR yeah. team yeah really and dude they sell merchandise like I know it's going out of yeah. style yeah all right here we go now we're gonna go on to like uh, units okay right. I don't I don't know if you'll get this one the big blue wrecking crew uh, those are the giants. The 79 Giants. Wow. Close. That's the Giants defense from uh, 1986 to 1996. I'm going to give that to you because I didn't even. Yeah. That's impressive. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You should get this one. The Dirty Birds. Uh, Those are the Atlanta Falcons. That was during the. More specific? Oh, that is the. uh, Oh, uh, Anderson. Jamal Anderson? (laughs) Jamal yes, Anderson. Yes, look Dude. at you. <laughs> the Falcons of 1998, Jamal Anderson. Jamal he used Anderson. to do the old Dirty Bird. Yep. All right. Uh, this is way before our time. The Fearsome Foursome. Oh, Fearsome Foursome. Oh, gosh. Our older listeners might be getting this one. Uh, Green Bay defense? No. This is the 1960s. Rams defensive line. Oh. That was the Deacon Jones. Oh, uh, yeah. Deacon Jones. Good old Deacon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, this one's pretty easy, I think. The G-Men. Uh, the G- oh, wait. The G-Men. Oh, my God. The G-Men. Oh, oh my fuck. God. I don't know. What is it? The Giants. New York Giants. I, I thought it was, but I, thought, I don't know. You would put two of them in there. I was like oh, thrown by come it. Come on. All right. All right. Here we go. The greatest show on turf. Was the Rams. Right. Uh, Can you name any guys or give me some years maybe? It was Terry Holt, Isaac Bruce, Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk. Oof. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That was before I was a Rams fan too. 99 to 2001. 2001. Very good. Uh, This one dates back a little bit. The Hogs. The Hogs would be the Cleveland Browns. Mm, Close. The Redskins offensive line oh. in the 1980s. Oh, all right. Uh, here we go. The Purple People Eaters. Well, it's got to be the Vikings. A year, I couldn't tell you. 
80s? Uh, close. 70s. 70s. 70s defensive line. All right. All right. This last one I know you'll get. The Legion of Boom. Legion of Boom is the Seattle Seahawks. Right. The Two, uh, but more specifically, what part of their uh, team? Their secondary team. Secondary. Their yeah. secondary. Very good. All right. Here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> uh, let's go to uh, stadiums now. Okay. The Big Sombrero. Big Sombrero, I would say somewhere down in the south, maybe ooh, Texans Stadium. Uh, the Big Sombrero is Tampa Bay, Raymond James Stadium. Oh. That was the shape, uh, the shape of the stadium oh. given by uh, the ESPN. Rebelin, Stumblin. Oh. Uh, Chris Beeman. Berman. 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 That's cultural pro- appropriation, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> so the Big Sombrero, Tampa Bay, Raymond James Stadium, named by Chris Berman. Yeah. There you go. Okay. The city of brotherly hate. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles Stadium. Yeah. It's the fans of Philly, pretty much. They call them. Oh, the, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Why are they so bad? I live in that part of the country. I guess. Uh, yeah. It's miserable. I have no idea. Okay, here we go. Uh, the Death Star. Death Star. It's got to be like a newer stadium, maybe. Mm, you're uh, on to something. All right, newer stadiums. You've got uh, SoFi Stadium. You've got you got Miami. You got, I don't know. Dude, that's a tough one. Oh, the Raiders Stadium? Yes. Oh, in Las Vegas. The Raiders Allegiant Stadium. Oh. Yeah. All right. The Death Star. Yeah. All right, how about the Frozen Tundra? Oh, dude, the Green Bay Packers Stadium. Lambeau yeah, Field. Lambeau Field. Very good. All right. Jerry's World. Uh, Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys. AT&T. Yeah. AT&T Stadium? What is it? Technically. I think it was AT&T Stadium. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fans. Ready? The Black Hole? That is, that's when the Raiders were in Oakland, and that was the end zone... I don't know which end, but whatever yes. end, it was the yes. end zone. Yeah, you Very just good. disappear into that hole. The twelfth man, that is Seattle, and Fireman Ed. Fireman Ed is the Jets, 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 Jets. <laughs> I didn't think you'd get that one. That's true. Very good. Okay, here we go. Now we're gonna go people. People. Okay. People. Everyone, follow along at home. Here we go. Ooh, we got some old school names here. The A train. The A train. Oh, Adrian one Peterson? No, nah, one of my favorites. One of my all time favorites, our era for sure. Growing A-train. up. A train. Oh, Mike Allstott. Dude. He was Number 40 from University of Purdue. Dude. Mike Allstott. Built like a brick shithouse, oh. that guy. <laughs> he was a dude. All right. Aaron McNair. Uh,. McNair. I mean, it's, is it in the name? Well, yeah. Do you know his first name? Um, Steve McNair. Steve McNair. Yeah. Very good. Okay. All day. All day is. Oh shoot! Oh damn it! All day. I'll give you a hint. You said his name a couple seconds ago. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> 
Who is it? All day, Adrian Peterson. Oh, Adrian Peterson. Yeah. No, I said, did I say Adrian Peterson? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. whatever. University of Oklahoma. Yeah. Adrian Peterson. All right. Oof. This guy. The Amish Rifle. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> the Amish Rifle. Oh, dude. I don't know. All right. Here's this Wait, other. Guess. No, no. Here's his other nickname. Fitzmadrick. Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, absolutely. Dude. It's I played, his name? I played with his brother at NAU. His oh, no brother way. played tight end. And wait, hold on. Nate? No, 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 no. Oh. No. Um, so Ryan Fitzpatrick's younger brother played tight end for us at NAU. Yeah. yeah. Absolute stud. Yeah. Uh, really good guy. Um, but Ryan would come up in the summer. Really? And throw and like work out and stuff. And we were like, he would oh. throw? You, oh, yeah. You, we would you, see him. I wouldn't, I want to catch his balls oh, or anything. I was but not. say, yeah. Uh, but we were like, oh, yeah, that's like the Harvard, like NFL guy, whatever. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, you know, brothers and stuff like that. But we didn't, I mean, we didn't know at the time, but yeah. now he's like, he's a dude. Yeah. yeah. That guy's a stud. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, ball hawk. Ball hawk. Oh. That one I doesn't need a hint. I'll take a hint. Ravens. Ray Lewis. Uh, Ed Reed. There you go. Oh, Ed, Ed Reed. Reed. All right. Uh, Beast mode. Oh, dude, Marshawn Lynch. Oh, so dude, good, dude. Marshawn Lynch. God, that guy was a stud, dude. Such a stud. <laughs> Just like didn't give two f's about anything oh, that dude. he was doing. Nothing. Just wanted to eat Skittles and hang out, dude. Stud. Yeah, cool. I remember going to Seattle and going to like the. <clears throat> the local bars or whatever. Yeah. And we did a tour of the stadium. Mm. Awesome. Awesome stadium. That that stadium, especially like for I've seen I've seen one game there. Yeah. Uh uh against so Seattle against uh um the Falcons and uh what's his name? Matt Ryan was was quarterback and oh Trent Dilford? Was it Trent Dilford? Was did he play for uh no Seattle? Oh no! Fuck! Who was it? Russell Wilson. No, this was before Wilson. This was, uh, anyways. That stadium got so goddamn loud; it was crazy. It was wild. Yeah, they have like standing seats. Yeah, literally. If you don't know this, so if you ever go to that Seattle stadium, yeah, like rather than a seat, they paint a square yeah. on the ground yeah. that you, you stand, stand on, there. <laughs> and that's like that. Seat, yeah. your ass is standing the entire game. They, they have that Dude, at, was, at SoFi Stadium, too. Oh, they do? They do, okay. yeah. It's in, like, the upper level, like, 400 section where there's, like, you can just – they have, like, a, a metal just kind of, like, railing where you can, like, set your beer. Oh, okay. And, like, you said, like, a little squared-out thing where you have to, like, where you stand. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, still, like, 120 bucks. It's like, that's your number. Stand on it. You <laughs> yeah. can't move. Yeah. No, dude, but we were at, we were at a bar – um, I forget which bar it was, maybe the Mad Eye or something. But yeah, and the guy was like, he knew we were not from uh, Seattle, Seattle. Yeah, because he heard us talking, and he goes, "Oh, you guys are from California." How do you know that? And I was like, "What? How do you know that?" He's like, "Because you guys say the in front of every freeway." Oh, that's a big California thing. Yeah. So I was like, "What? Like, what do you mean?" He goes. Well, you guys say the five, or I got on 
the 91 or I got on yeah. the 22. 22, the 55. Or I took the 22 to the 55 yeah. to. <laughs> and apparently, so all of us Californians didn't know this, but apparently everyone else in the country calls it, oh, I took I-5 yeah. to 22 West. Yeah. Or, I, right? And we just say the whatever. And so There's, right off the bat, he goes, yeah, you guys aren't from here. Yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah. I get, yeah. And then he told us the Marshawn Lynch story of how when Marshawn Lynch went beast mode, grabbed his, grabbed his crotch. Oh, like, yeah. Hold my right dick. Yeah. Right, yeah, hold my dick. <laughs> right. And did that run and all that stuff. Yeah. He said, we like, at the bar, they could feel the shake. No and way. And I guess it, it uh, registered as On like a Richter a, scale. Yeah, like a Richter yeah. scale. I forget what number he said exactly, but like some type of like earthquake. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that stadium dude. is it's it, it is insane, bitching. and it like you can't hear yourself think like when like it gets ruckus and the nest. Yeah, they call the nest the up nest. there. Yeah. yeah, it's badass. I think we sat there, but we sat kind of close to to there. Um, yeah, Chris, uh, who uh, our last episode yeah. guest. Uh, he lived out there for a while, and when we went out there, that was the thing. I was like, "We have to go see." I want, I, like, I have to see a game there because yeah. Twelve Man is like a legit thing, and it was, dude, it did not disappoint. It was crazy. Yeah. Oh, and one awesome. of my customers, like when I was working at a uh, for the cigar shop uh, out there, or out in Arizona, uh, Chris Spencer was he was the offensive line. I God, who the fuck, who's the quarterback for the Seattle? Like right before. Uh, it was uh, I. Now that you said it, Matt Hasselbeck. Yes, thank you, Matt. And Hasselbeck. the coin flip, the famous coin flip. We're, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna, gonna win. We're gonna go win. Or yeah, whatever. Like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. we're gonna go <laughs> score. That out. I was like, Pick six the other way, <laughs> dude. Just do what every other quarterback in the <laughs> at the coin flip is done. Just like, call it. Just we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, here we go. All right. Uh, okay, here we go, here we go. Ah, you mentioned this guy. Matty Ice. Mm. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Matty Ice. Matty Ice. Except in that game against uh, <laughs> the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Ah, dude. <laughs> then it was... I feel bad for that dude. He never won the big one, but... Ah, he was right there, too. I know. Fucking Tom Brady. Fucking Tom Brady, man. That guy just handsome. fucking sucks. And now he's got all these hot chicks coming after him now that he's single and oh, just fucking guy, dude. What a blowhard. <laughs> all right, Tom. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right. The comeback kid. Oh, comeback kid is comeback kid. Yeah. It's old school. Oh, dude. Comeback kid. It's not. Jim Jim Harbaugh is the is captain comeback. Probably won't get it. Uh, is it Chargers quarterback? No, no. Joe Montana. Joe Montana is the comeback kid. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I found. What? That's what they say. Oh, all right, all right. Dude. We know this guy personally. You and I have met this guy, the blonde bomber. We've met him. We have met him. We have talked to him. He has gotten up in our face and talked to us before. When oh, we were, dude. When we were kids. Terry Bradshaw? That's right. Oh, the blonde bomber. You want to tell that story? Oh, my God. That was so I don't know good. if we can put that guy in blast. 
Oh, dude. true story though. But I, okay, so I did mention it before. Uh, I like worked in like the cigar industry. That guy, Tell Terry Brad, Terry Bradshaw, is a huge cigar smoker, he and is. he used to come into my cigar shop uh, that I ran out in Beverly Hills. Uh, he was a, a big, you know, customer and uh, <laughs> client, and uh, so he had ordered a box of cigars. Uh, it was the Opus X. Bellicoso, that was his that was his jam, yeah, okay. Opus X. And um, so I got the box in. One of the producers for Fox Sports was like a, another client of ours, whatever customer. And uh, he got us, uh, he put me on the list to go like to go see the Sunday pregame show. NFL Fox, Fox NFL Sunday. Sunday show. Dude. When they had Adrian Barber, the little girl who would do the pregame weather for like oh yeah um, games. and jay uh, glazer little jay glazer jay glazer was there yeah um no wait not adrian barber her name was uh julian barber julian excuse yeah excuse julian me. excuse me julian yeah uh terry bradshaw uh howie long uh the, the usual suspects uh they're all still there all yeah. still Michael there Strahan, yeah yeah everybody was there um, so you and i like should do it he's like hey i got you on the si- i got you on the list for like you and a guest this Sunday, green room, the whole thing. Uh, so, dude, called this guy up. <laughs> dude, I was we like, like let's all right, hey, let's go. Let's go do this. Uh, go see a, a, a live taping of it. And we get there and we are, first of all, we're in the green room. Jay Glazer's in the green room. Michael yeah. Strahan's in the, in the green room. Uh, Jimmy Johnson's in the green room. Terry Bradshaw's in the green room. Dude, uh, like it was so surreal it to be bizarre. in this it was so bizarre and everyone's hanging out and being just like normal as if like this is just another day on the and job and we walked in in regular clothes and everyone is like suited up well, well the we talent, didn't know, the talent yeah, but, was yeah the talent was but yeah. we didn't know what we were walking into yeah and so we like walk in dude and they're all like suited up looking yeah. good and we're like oh Jeez. Yeah, All dude, right. but we were like casual and I think that like kind of worked to our benefit. Food trays out. Oh, dude, full 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 on. Yeah, uh food was there. Uh drinks and all that. And then you go into the set and the set is like it's just it if you just kind of panned out of the like the view of like the Fox NFL Sunday show, you would just get, you know, studio lights and all yeah. that and we're it's just not, like beyond that. Yeah, it's not huge, yeah. It's not huge and it's it's like it like we're looking at like what we see every Sunday. We were like behind the camera guy. Right like, behind the standing, camera. We're like just standing there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And dude, the fields over here to the side where yeah, they do the like you field, know, yeah. uh uh Julian Barbary is over there like doing the weather and we're just like standing there like I can't believe this is like we're just watching this whole thing unfold. Yeah. But anyways, I brought cigars. I bought brought uh, Terry Bradshaw's order, and uh, uh, <laughs> we uh, so I bring the cigars up. I have them in a bag, and I'm like, "Hey, Terry," and he's like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" And I was like, "Came to bring you your cigars." He was like, "Oh, oh, thank you so much. All right, I appreciate it, man. I am so fucked up on biking in right now." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shakes your hand, dude. And turns, oh, big old oh, bitch, dude, dude. Just some big old hammies on him. Yeah. Turns to me and shakes my hand. I was like, "Did he just say that?" Like, dude. And he was like this close. He's like, "Oh man, I'm fucking. I'm so fucked up. I'm so fucked up, dude." Like, 
took took right. his cigars All right. and he was like oh thank you thanks for bringing it dude i remember i had terry bradshaw's number i remember i was showing you i was like dude Terry Bradshaw's number right here. Yes. I got his personal cell phone. Yes. I'm oh his cigar god. guy. I'm his personal cigar guy. Oh my god, dude. I totally like vividly remember that. Oh, dude, I remember that. Yeah. It and then we crazy. walked to the studio. Yeah. We watched them film their thing. And then they're like, oh, we're gonna cut to Jay Glazer. And Jay's like standing just like Yeah. Like I don't know, six feet over. Yeah. And it's like, oh hey guys, like blah blah blah. Oh, we're gonna cut to you know, Barbara doing the weather. She's yeah. like right across. She's yeah. like right over there. Yeah. And she's like, I'm blah, blah, blah. And the commercial break. And then Terry like says something to her. She's like, oh, fuck you, Terry. <laughs> they're like yelling. Dude, I do. I remember, remember the joke. I remember yeah. the joke. You Here's like what said she said. Because there was something about like a horse. And like she had like said something about Terry Bradshaw being like a horse. Like being like a horse or something <laughs> like that. I forget what it was. But dude, I I'll find the clip and like show. It was like. She because she said it during the break, yes. during like the commercial break. Yeah, they were bickering back and forth, and she was like, "Yeah, like telling them off, whatever." They were like yeah. kind of going back and forth. They were like ribbing each other, whatever. And then she said a joke during the break, and it got a laugh like from all like the you know peanut gallery. <laughs> and she so she brought like once they went like live, she said it again. <laughs> oh, she and like I was like, "Oh, dude, we saw like the making of that joke." Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and then, so after, like, they get done, and it was commercial break, and it was, I don't know, maybe the first half of the games or something, then we go up and take pictures. Yeah. Dude, before that dude even <laughs> said cut, like, we're off the air, dude, how we long, just uh, packing dude, a lip. big dude. old lipper. Dude, just packing <laughs> a lip, just like, dude, that dude's head was... Oh, it was massive, yeah. Huge. Massive. And he had his man. cup with his paper towel oh, in it. Oh, dude, he was ready to just spit <laughs> like crazy. Dude, and we go up there and we take pictures with him. Nah, dude, that was freaking awesome. I totally remember that. Uh, dude, I'll take a picture of that. Uh, I'll post it like in the... I'll post it somewhere <laughs> dude, in here. Dude, I'll dude. cut it right here. <laughs> Oh, God, too good. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We got more. We got more. We got one, two, three, four, five more. Here we go. All right. Uh, who is the moose? Uh, Daryl Johnson. The moose, Daryl Johnson. That's Cowboys, right. that same uh, America's team. Yep. Ter uh, Troy Aikman, uh, Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders, Emmett Smith. Pretty much plays uh, played a position that doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist, man. Him and Mike Allstott, yeah. No fullback. Yeah. All right. Who's the red rifle? Red rifle. Oh gosh. Is that uh, current guy? Uh. Need more hints? Yeah, I'll take a hint. TCU. I don't have it. Andy Dalton. I was gonna say that. Damn it. Well, well you didn't. <laughs> I would have got that. Uh, the snake. I have no idea. I've never heard that one. The old uh, Jake the Snake, Jake Plummer. That's oh, right. the old quarterback for ASU. Yeah, played for the Cardinals. Jake Plummer. Jake Plummer. Uh, the last two, I'll give you these hints. They are coaches. All right. Okay. The tuna. Oh, that's uh, Bill Parcel. <laughs> Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells. Last one. Current coach. 
the number one rated coach in the NFL, the Walrus. Oh, Andy <laughs> mother flipping Reed. Reed. That's it, baby. That's, That's all good. you got. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that playing along at home. Yeah, send us your scores. Tell us how you did. All right, that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good segment. I like good that. job. You yeah. did all right. I did okay. Yeah, yeah. missed some pretty obvious ones. You did, but uh, for the most part, did all right. Got some pretty obscure ones too. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back after this. This episode is brought to you by Paul Market. Paul Market was established in 1925, located on Palm Avenue near the Circle of Orange. The new owners, Tim and Moose, are now the owners of the oldest establishment in the city of Orange. Yeah, they've got some great sandwiches there. When I go, I usually get the Kubini, which has braised pork, boar's head ham, mustard, pickles, Swiss cheese, all on a Tolera bread. This thing is lights out. Very nice. I usually go with the Plaza. Add a little extra mayo, avocado, and bacon for me. But I did see Tim making a pulled pork sandwich that looked very good the yeah, other day. some good stuff. And when I take my kids, we usually take some quarters, hit the gumball machine. If you get yourself an orange gumball, win yourself a free sandwich. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, but they don't just do sandwiches there. They've got a wide selection of beer and wine. Uh, and if you go, tell them that Ruling Field sent you, get yourself a 10% discount at anything at the deli. So visit Palm Market. Uh, visit their website at palmmkt.com and check out all the sandwiches that they have there. All right, and we are back. All right, we're going to get into this uh, topic today in our real estate section. Um, so there's kind of this misconception and something that uh, I'd like to kind of prep my clients uh, with, uh, which is... Just because you have the highest offer, that doesn't necessarily mean you have the best offer. Uh, And I'll I'll elaborate on that. So let's just say, you know, you're going into a house. Let's say, uh, you know, the the house is listed for a million dollars. You're pre-qualified for 1.5. Okay. But in your offer, you're going to ask for a... Uh, you're going to ask for an inspection. You're going to ask. Sure. Uh, you're gonna, there, there, are these, uh, there are these things called contingencies, which are pretty much safeguards. Um, and as long as those contingencies are in place, um, you technically legally don't have to buy the house. Um, so there are the three major ones, which are the inspection contingency, the appraisal contingency, and the loan contingency. Okay. In a nutshell, what that means is. I'm going to inspect this place, and if it's if the inspection comes back with something that isn't to my liking, I'm going to pull out. I'm not going to remove that contingency. I'm going to pull out of the deal legally, and I'm going to get my deposit back. The second one is the loan contingency, which means that if I apply for a loan on this house, and for whatever reason I don't get, I, I'm not qualified for it, I don't get it, then that means I can pull back from the deal and get my money back. And the other one is the appraisal contingency, which uh, essentially just means that if you the, the purchase price on this house was a million dollars, you put in an offer for a million dollars, but it doesn't appraise for a million dollars, which means that um, somebody comes out and they say, hey, this house isn't worth a million, it's worth 980000 The bank won't lend you a million dollars to purchase this house. They'll say, hey, we can't we can't lend you the full amount. We'll lend you 980, but that 20,000 that's left over, you're going to have to come up with that on your own in cash. Okay. 
So those are the, the, uh, the three contingencies, the big ones, right? So let's say on that million dollar house, you come in and you say, I'm gonna give you full asking. You're asking for a million dollars, I will give you a million dollars, but I'm gonna have a contingency, a loan contingency, an appraisal contingency, and uh, a inspection contingency. And you can do all three. You yeah. can do, okay. Yeah, you can do all three. Uh, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of advised that you do an inspection and make okay. sure that your loan is gonna go through and make sure all those things uh, happen. So in the eyes of the seller, okay, I have these three things that can go wrong. I can have the appraisal that comes back that's below what the asking price is or the offer price right. is. I can uh, get an appraisal or um, uh, an inspection that comes back that says I, I need to replace my roof and foundation shot. Uh, and I, the person who's going to be applying for the loan could possibly not get it because of you know, something like they took out a car loan right before they opened up escrow, and now they can't apply, they can't uh, get qualified for the loan. But I'm the million dollar offer. You're the, the asking price, yeah, you're the million dollar offer. So you're saying that maybe someone who's offering maybe 950. Yeah, a, a lower offer. Yeah. So let's say you're offering a million dollars with all of those contingencies in place. Yeah. I'm offering, I come in, I go, hey, I'll buy your house. I'm not gonna offer you what you're asking for. I'm not gonna ask, I'm not gonna give you 950, but I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm sorry, a million. I'm gonna give you 980. I'm gonna bring it down to you know $20,000. But I am not gonna come in with any contingency in place. Oh. I'm not gonna have a loan contingency. I'm not gonna have an appraisal contingency, and I'm not gonna have a inspection contingency. That means that I'm not going to peel back the layers. I'm not gonna look at what's going on with the house. I'm gonna take it as it is, and this is an all cash offer, no contingency no, in place. Yeah, no strings attached. What's the difference between the person who offers the mill with the strings attached and the 980? Like, like why is the 980 not asking for what I'm asking for? With so the, with my million dollar offer, it could be that it's a uh, it's a property that needs some work, and this person's going to go in and rehab it, do some of the work that needs to be done, and then turn around and sell it and flip it. Okay, it could also be somebody that just has uh, like a million dollars cash on hand and just wants to buy a property and just wants and and doesn't want to um, you know doesn't want to it just wants to beat out everybody else. With, um, with those things like in place, like I said, like without those contingencies, because that is a more attractive offer. Yeah. Think about this from the seller's perspective, what is more likely to go through? What is more likely to close? This million dollar offer, uh, and we can even you know, kind of change the scenario and, and boost it and say, this, uh, the, the property's listed at a million, but the people who are uh, uh, pre-qualified and are going to have all those contingencies in place, they're going to offer a million fifty, and the guy who has a, uh, cash is going to offer a million dollars. Even in that scenario, it is very uh, it, it's very attractive to have an all cash offer where there's no contingency in place, there's no inspection, there's yeah. no appraisal, there's none of that stuff. It is a clean and cut. 
it's clean and cut and it's going to you know more than like more than likely unless the the the, the purchaser or the buyer is just going to back out for some you know unknown reason but once you have all the contingencies removed like there is nothing to like you can't really back out at that point you can lose your deposit so in those two scenarios the difference between those two is this person has all cash and it's just going really aggressive the other person doesn't have it and they're going a little bit you know they're they're just banking on yeah. uh winning it outright and uh using uh and and keeping those safeguards in place all right so what's your advice then to the person selling it, so that's the that becomes then the tough part because if you were going to look at all of these offers that came in one of it one of the offers is an all cash offer at this price the other one is a uh, uh above asking price but there's these contingencies in place a roll of the dice it is a little bit of the roll of the guaranteed. dice and i'll tell you uh one of the reasons why if let's say the person who's going to be uh, purchasing for above asking, let's just say it's a million fifty and not a million. They're going to get yep. fifty thousand over asking, but they're going to do an inspection. If they peel back the layers of the house, do an inspection, and see that there's some roof damage, there's some foundation issues, or there's this, that, and the other, that then needs to be disclosed. If they decide to walk away from the deal and they say, you know what, this is just too much that we, you know, we don't want to buy this house. Sure that then becomes uh, discovery. It's what was seen when, uh, it, it has to be disclosed to the next buyer. So now 980 is gonna learn that. 980 is gonna see it. No, everybody, anybody who's gonna be putting in an offer, okay. that now has okay. to be disclosed to them. I didn't know that. Okay. And so now, if you had a million fifty, you know, this, this offer, but it, now you you know something got discovered you you saw something they did an inspection and now that has to be you have to show that to anybody who's potentially going to put an offer on your house that means that that could affect your price now your you know what your list price was which was a million now you every anybody else that comes through is going to be shown this like inspection report and they're going to say uh maybe a million dollars is a little generous. Maybe we're going to go to nine seventy-five, or maybe we're going to go to nine fifty-two. Account for whatever it is that we just found, or all those things, and you knock it out of the park. Yeah, and then you're getting that mill fifty. Or yeah, I mean right. that's that's okay. the the, the roll of, uh, of the dice. Now, it's all up and up to the seller on how conservative they are, what they know about the house, if yeah. they kind of like feel like, oh, maybe there's some things that we didn't take care of. Maybe the 980 would be more beneficial because it's more secure and we don't have to peel back any layers, even though yeah. that other offer is over asking. Maybe it's not going to appraise. Maybe the house isn't going to appraise for a million fifty, and then the buyers are going to have to come up with some cash and looking from you know seeing what they have in the bank in their bank account it doesn't look like they're going to be able to make up that difference so there's a lot of different like scenarios or a lot of different ways uh which is all to say that even though you have the highest offer it doesn't mean that you have the best offer there are other things that play into accepting an offer from the seller's perspective what's more secure um if there are contingencies in place whether or not you have a deposit if you're working on a five percent deposit or a twenty percent deposit or you're putting fifty percent down things like that have an effect on 
what the seller perceives is going to be a solid offer. And that can change. Uh, it, it could change, you know, you can have three different offers and they can all be different in different ways. They can offer something and it makes you kind of competitive too. If you can remove one of those contingencies, like let's say uh, the loan contingency, you're pre-qualified, pre-qualified is one thing, but you could you can get underwritten, which means that you just have, everything's like been signed off, certified, and you're guaranteed gonna get this loan. If you can remove a loan contingency, that just makes your offer that much stronger. Yeah. But then things like the appraisal contingency, if you waive that and just say, hey, whatever the appraisal comes back, if there's a discrepancy, we'll make it up in cash. Uh, that's going to be a stronger offer regardless of what your purchase price is. So again, that's just to say that um, whatever the, uh, it's not just the highest offer that's always yeah. the best one. It could be lower uh, with less speed bumps along the way yeah. that's going to make your offer a lot more desirable. That's cool. I yeah. never, I mean, I never knew that. That's yeah. great. That's yeah. good info. Just uh, yeah, a little something to just kind of think about when you're putting in offers and how competitive it is and how to you know get an edge uh, an edge in that. Yeah, I like that. All right, well, I think this wraps up this episode of Real in the Field. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with a new episode. Uh, in the meantime, uh, like and subscribe, and um, yeah, we'll see you.